Hello and welcome to the Feedback Force podcast, the game design and analysis podcast of the End Defender community. I'm Kelso. And I'm Kyla. And I'm Carl. And uh, I, I'm on break, which is nice. Oh, thank you. <laughs> that's the that's like the only thing that's going on with me right now. I'm like I don't have anything to do. I should be cleaning my apartment or something this week. That's probably what I'll do. That's about it. I'm pretty sure I passed all of my classes, so that's good. Yay! <laughs> How did, was it the it was the portfolio that you were like worried about, right? Yeah. How um, did it go? Yeah, I mean, I don't have like my final grade back yet. I think grades don't come in until tomorrow, but. I like I had a B plus, like a solid B plus the whole quarter, and then I got like my actual like panel feedback, which I guess it wasn't a panel, they just it was just one teacher, which is weird. <laughs> because they usually they usually have three, but one of them left and I don't the other like the other two are still there, but it was only one person but I, I got like a C plus on that. Um which is enough to pass, definitely, and I'll probably still have like a B in the class. But yeah, whatever. <laughs> I don't know. And that's that's even what the teacher said. He's like, yeah, don't worry. I've been looking at your work all quarter. It's fine. This is the only time they've seen it, so whatever. <laughs> like, okay, that's right. As that's long, not bad. As long as I made it through, yeah. So, yeah. That's about, that's about it. I, uh, I, I don't think I have any news. I don't know. Did I mention last time that I finished reading Homestuck? I don't think you did. I think you were just reading have done. it. <laughs> I heard it, but it might have been... That might have been on my stream that I mentioned yeah. it, yeah. Um, I finished reading Homestuck, which is like an achievement, because it's... Yeah. I, I actually looked up the statistics on it afterwards, and it is the length of about ten novels. Jeez. Yeah, I... Uh, just in terms of written words only. <laughs> Yeah, I'm somewhere, I mean, I'm somewhere in, like, the front third of it, <laughs> but I, I I spent, like, a weekend and I just made a whole bunch of progress on it. Nice. Um, a couple weekends, probably, actually, but that was, <laughs> that was a while ago. That's should... something to do on break. Yeah. Now, I, now I'm, I like, started looking... reading that when it was, like, new, and then it's been... Lots yeah, of years. It's, it's ended now. It ended this April. Yeah. So it's finished. If you like that, if that's a good reason for you to pick it up, which is the reason I picked it up, I'm like, eh, I don't know if I want to read this while it's still ongoing. But then they're like, it's done, and I'm like, all right, well, I'll check it out then. I don't yeah, think I, don't, I want to read ten novels. I don't know. Where, <laughs> I don't know where I'm at because it's been so long that it doesn't like have my my place saved. Oh, save game. So uh... yeah, you just have to jump around in the URL by entering numbers until you find something you recognize. Yeah. Oh well, that's fine. Mm. Ooh, I made Ooh. myself some tea because my throat's of... been a little scratchy, what kind and of it needs a lot more sugar. Uh, peach tea. Ooh, peach tea is good. Some, I have some peach flavored tea bags. It is non-caffeinated tea. Yeah, I have so. some. I have some loose leaf, and it's also non-caffeinated, which is sad. I like caffeine, but I have I have plenty of caffeinated tea, so whatever. God, I'm just gonna keep pouring sugar in this. This needs so much sugar. This is sugar, right, and not salt. Yeah, <laughs> that's a that's a good question. That would be horrible. <laughs> yes, this is sugar. Okay, good. I was pretty sure, but I put a lot of it in, and I didn't really taste much difference. <laughs> I mean, I guess I would have tasted a difference if it had been salt. Um, 
Anyway. Uh, yeah, so other than Homestuck, I don't know. I got a raise at work, so that's cool. Yeah, that's a good good time. Nice. Yeah. 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 That's about it. My life has been not very interesting. It's just been lots and lots of work, mostly. Yeah, this is the uneventful cast. Carl, how's your how how what are your events? I've been writing a sex scene in a school assignment. Ooh, there we that go. Was, that was awkward. <laughs> I've done that before. I I'm doing a creative writing class. Oh, that's cool. Those are fun. Those and are I nice. thought, what's the worst thing I could do? Oh my god, that's basically that was basically where I went with that. I was like, hmm, I really want to write something that like makes the people in class sit up a little bit. Like, what? What can I do that would be like hilarious and terrible? And See, so I wrote <laughs> I wrote a story that was like sexually graphic. It, it, it was not about that. It sort of was. It was about a couple on their wedding night, um, and they're both like secretly thinking of the best man <laughs> to get through sex with each other. Good. I I did a similar thing. I didn't I didn't go towards I didn't go with sex scenes. I went instead with like ultra graphic violence mm. like I had been reading a lot of uh, Stephen King um, <laughs> a lot of like the Dark Tower specifically this was like back in high school the first time I had read the Dark Tower series and um, I when I signed up for the class I didn't realize that it was like baby's first writing class so yeah. it was exceptionally boring and the, the, for the final, she was just like, write whatever. It's got to be, like, this many pages long. And I wrote, like, double double the page requirement with lots of swearing and blood and demons. <laughs> so, yeah. And Sounds good to me. And it's, like, lost. I don't, you know, I mean, that was so long ago and so many computers ago. It's just gone. It's it has pr- disappeared it, into the ether? Yeah, it probably wasn't that good. So, whatever. <laughs> it's fine. That's probably something to be said for intentionally losing your old work. Yeah. Because, um, like, I I have some old fan fiction that's on the internet that, like, is physically painful for me to read because it's so bad. Yeah. I, I don't think I ever posted, like, anything that I wrote on the internet. I just kind of held on to it. So, that's okay. That's yeah. why I don't write stuff. That's for the best. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you write stuff now. You're in a creative writing class, clearly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had to. Yep. Well, and why I, would you uh, take a creative writing class if you don't... Uh... Well, it's for the... I'm supposed to have done do it. It was... Yeah, you probably need, like, a writing class oh, or something. it's a required thing. Okay, It's fine. a requirement, so... Fair enough. Why wouldn't creative writing be, like, the most fun thing? We didn't... We don't have any creative it, writing really classes in school. Yeah. Like, if, if that had been like a, a fulfillment of an English credit I totally would have taken that but I had to take like speech instead which was boring Ooh. I feel a bit weird though because I've been writing like one one was about like a guy trying to uh, not trying to he's going to commit suicide and one was about a prostitute and one was like a stripper and some guy and it had a sex scene Nice. I like so where I'm, you're going. I'm with feeling. These. I'm. I'm a bit. Uh, I write broken people. <laughs> That's okay. You're going for as risque as possible to upset your classmates. I mean, I guess no, your. I guess really. your characters have to be a little broken for them to like 
have an arc. Either that or they start out not broken and they become broken. I don't think that's necessarily true. I mean, I guess it sort of depends. It depends. Um, yeah, it depends on what what your whole arc is. There's something is. to be said for like, um, like people just trying to get through their fucking day and shit keeps happening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, the rinse winds of the world, if you will. Um, for the Discworld reference. Um, the what was I going to say? Something about protagonists. I, there's also coming of age stories, which yeah. is where you're like not broken, but you just don't know what the shit is going on. Yeah, and so you you work on that. <laughs> That's basically the plot of all coming of age stories, right? I think you go so. from not knowing what the shit is going on to sort of knowing what the shit is going on. Yeah, I don't. I feel like I haven't like I never was that into coming of age stuff just in general. That's all of what Homestuck is. It's one big coming of age story. It's about it's basically about the journey from being uh, thirteen to being sixteen, which is a, a fraught time. That's that's very true. Yeah. Hi. Hey, it's Fliffo. Here's the cat. He, I think he's confused um, by the fact that I'm home all the time now. <laughs> I mean, I've only been on break for like two days, but. You know. Hi. He's like, when are you going to leave? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got shit to do, woman. <laughs> leave me I'm in peace. important cat things I can't do with you here. Exactly. Hi. Ah. Well, you want to talk about this video game? Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about it. I am playing it as we speak. Ooh. Uh, because it's uh well we'll talk about we'll talk about that. So we're we played Banished. Yeah. Uh which is a which is a fun sim game. It's like Sim City if Sim City were like a feudal village. Um you basically you have a bunch of people that were banished from presumably someplace else um that have to survive in the wilderness and you do this by like they have to build shelters and they have to like get food and stay warm through the winter, and all the all the survival stuff required in the feudal age. Um, yeah, and so it's just a sim, and you can build your different food sources. You've got like crop fields and orchards and uh, like pastures for animals and fisheries, and like you can do hunting and gathering. Um, there's uh, resources. Uh, which are like wood, stone, and iron, which and you coal, can. I think is one too. And coal, yeah. Like the the those the first three you can just get from anywhere in the landscape. Mm-hmm. Uh, but well, not anywhere. But like they exist in the landscape for you to harvest. Um, coal you can only get by building a mine. You can mine iron that way too. Um, and there's a quarry for stone. If you run for out stone. of overworld stone. Yeah, and f- you can build a forestry to, like, raise and chop down trees. Um, then there's, like, some advanced stuff. Well, okay, then there's, like, there's also, like, um, some slightly less prominent but very necessary resources in the form of firewood to keep warm. Mm-hmm. Um, clothing to also keep warm and keep your villagers clothed. Mm-hmm. Um, herbs for when they get sick and need to visit the herbalist. 
uh, tools. And holy crap, is it bad if you run out of tools? Yeah, that tools happened to me make, a few yeah, times. Tools just make all the work more efficient. Um, and ale is a... Is, I guess there's like skins is also a resource, which you yeah. or like leather, which you get by hunting or raising cattle. Um, and uh, wool. Yeah, and wool. Sh- sheps. And there's there's ale, which you can get by building a tavern, which as far as I know just makes people happy. <laughs> I don't think it serves any other purpose. Yeah, I think so. I was I was really hoping that like once I built a tavern, my populations would spike. That's not how it works, though. <laughs> Aww. It should be how it works. <laughs> like, that was my immediate thought, was like, oh, I'll build a tavern, and then everyone will start having more babies. But no, you just need you just need lots of houses for more babies. Yeah, houses and, I think, adequate food supply. Yeah. Um, ideally. Well, Mostly you don't houses. need adequate food yeah. supply. <laughs> it's sometimes recommended. You have, yeah, sometimes you don't have adequate food supply, and you still get babies, and then it's bad. Yeah. Um, let's see what else. There's, like, there's a lot of... Of extra like service service things like there's a school. yeah I was gonna say then there's like yeah. the advanced set of buildings so so school trains your um your guys to be um, more efficient workers but in exchange for that they have to actually attend school so they can't start as like workers as early oh I should say the main resource of this is actually your population yeah um, because every individual job you you need to like assign workers to so how much you can get done is based on how many people are in your village. So, like, actually, the the biggest resource is people, but... Manpower. People yep. and houses. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, right, so you can build um, you can build a schoolhouse to educate them, and then they, uh, they don't start working as young, but they work more efficiently once they're old enough. Uh, there's a hospital to treat uh, outbreaks of diseases. Uh, there's a town hall, which gives you extra info... Um, like stats about your city, but also lets you get um, nomads in your village, which is super useful. Which are just like random people that can show up, and if you want them to, they will become part of your village, oh, and then you just get a population boost. Uh, there's a church, which is a big, like, investment of stone that I think is also just a happiness generator. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's a graveyard, which is also a happiness generator because people get sad if people keep dying and they don't have anywhere to bury them. So just throw them in the river. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I think that's. And yeah, people that's... dying is like a big blow to your happiness if you don't have a graveyard. Yeah. Yeah. And I... There's there's also there's a trader that you can build to get like uh, resources from the outside, resources and goods. There's a market. Which, if you locate it centrally, um, will like it's a it's a way that like resources can be localized, so people don't have to go as far to get them. Basically, I think that that things. stops people from like hoarding food in their houses too. Does it? That's 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 sort of what I read because I was I was ah. doing a little bit of research to like figure out like if I was just not doing it right when my population was sort of stagnating. And that, that's what people seem to be saying, was that, like, if if you have a market, like, there will be less food hoarding going around, like, in the individual houses. food horses. Food horses. Hoard food in houses. Like, when you click on your storage barn, you see all the stuff that's in it, but you can also click on houses, and it shows how many of each resource is in yeah. the house. 
Yeah, I knew they do that with firewood. Um, because they that's how they like keep warm is they bring firewood into their houses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they'll have like clothes and tools and food in their houses and firewood and stuff. Nice. Being a market, because uh, there's actually one more resource that is super important, and that is distance. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Distance from yeah. your houses to everything. Yeah, there's a sort of efficiency element for sure. And um. first time I didn't think of that, and it's so important. Yeah. Yeah, having things near where like the resources are and and near where they need to be is 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 pretty big. Yeah, when I when I was start, first started playing this game, I didn't really invest much in the the idea of the market. I'm like, eh, it doesn't actually give me anything. What's the point? But oh my god, is it important <laughs> to like have everything where people need it? Yeah. <clears throat> um, what else? So I guess I mean, I guess we can go over sort of because there's like six different ways you can get food. So we can mm-hmm. talk about those. There's um, there's farming, which is mm-hmm. one. Um, yep, which you build a little, you build a little field. Mm-hmm. Pl- crops get planted in the spring, they get harvested in the fall, um, and it's so it's a kind of a cyclical boost. But it's very efficient. Like you get a lot of food out of a out of a field, which is nice. Yeah, and um, I guess there's there's that, and there's also orchards. I don't, I I never actually like looked at specifically how long it takes. For an orchard to yield, it takes a few years. Yeah. Um, for like the initial yield, and you know, there's like there's a whole bunch of different crops you can plant, and a whole bunch of different like trees you can plant. Um, there's livestock, and again, a lot of different. Well, I guess no. Is it just sheep? No, sheep, cows, and chickens. Okay. So as I say, I, I mostly I mostly just saw sheep, but yeah. Um, there's chickens hunting. are good because they give you chicken and eggs. Oh yeah, that is true. And uh, uh, sheep, sheep give you mutton and wool, and, and wool. cows give you beef and leather. Um, so. And there's hunting, which gives you, you know, venison, wild game. And... And leather, which is yeah. the early source of leather. Yeah. Which is good. Because and... cows are so expensive. Oh, my yeah. God. You can get cows from the trader, and they are like 800 units a pop. Yeah, I never, I never bothered. I mostly... Yeah, I... Mm, um... Which is mostly stuck with sheep. Um, what else? There's gathering, which just forages for stuff. You get like berries and roots, and yeah. The thing about hunting mushrooms. and foraging is they both have to be done in forests. Mm-hmm. So if you chop down all the trees, then uh, you're 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 kind of useless for those. Uh, like they don't collect much resource. Yeah. So you got to kind of put them away from things out in the wilderness, which and, uh, is same a little with inefficient. The, uh, the herbalist. But when you do, they give so much. Yeah. I I managed to sustain myself for a long time on just gathering, hunting, and fishing. Yeah, that's pretty good. And there's an achievement for that if you can do it long enough. Oh, I don't think uh, I did. <laughs> there's, a, there's an achievement for building, uh, for basically like living off off the land. You, you build no, um, no orchards, no fields, no um, pastures. And if you can do that uh, and get to a population of 400, there's an achievement. Dang. Yeah. Which I My got. My city has like 10,000 mushrooms. <laughs> yeah. Just mushrooms stocked up. Yep. The, uh, you, it's, it's doable, but you got to have really good fishing sources. Like you got to be basically on a river. Mm-hmm. And uh, you got to have like a number of diff- – got to have a number of like clusters – 
like cluster of hunting gathering herbalist and forester in one location cluster of those things in another location cluster of those things in another location because the the yield for um for all of those for all three of those food sources is decreased if their uh radiuses overlap so you can put like a hunting area but if you put two hunting areas next to each other both of them are less efficient because they you know they're competing with each other yeah so you've got to ideally try and like space them out so they don't uh, they don't directly overlap. Um, the did we miss a food type? Fish is probably the easiest to get. I feel like right off the bat, yeah. but it just doesn't yield as much as the others. Mm-hmm. Um. There's also, we didn't mention, there's like different types of houses you can build, and you can build like a boarding house for people who aren't homeless. Oh, you know what? Who are Um, currently homeless. Roads and paths are super important. Yeah, you just, you have what? It's dirt, stone, and... Dirt dirt and stone paths, and then then bridges bridges and tunnels. Which um, basically just are part part of the distance quotient and the efficiency thing. They just let your people move faster. Because they're yep. not like picking their way over rocks and Mountains shrubs, and so forth. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And of course, if you have like a bridge or a tunnel, it lets you pass through otherwise impassable terrain. Yep. Which is lakes and mountains, useful. and there's a they, there's a lot like the terrain is very like uneven, and you can't mm-hmm. all you can't always build like large like centralized things that are efficiently like spaced because you just run into mountains and rivers and things so yeah. you kind of got to be got to be careful and clever with how you organize stuff mm-hmm. definitely which uh, sometimes I am not <laughs> so I had when we went into this one um, I'd already played it a bunch I had like over 100 hours into it already and I was missing four achievements uh, which were the the one I talked about where you uh, you know you can't build any of the advanced food sources, um, the one where you have to keep two mines going with thirty workers each for I think three years or something like that. Um, so you have to have continuously sixty mine workers for uh, for several years. Um, so you also have to have spare laborers because if one of your miners died, they have to be instantly replaced or you lose the achievement. Um, then, and there was one where you have to be on a harsh climate, small mountainous map, which means that it's like very difficult to find space to build things. Mm-hmm. Um, and you like winter comes early basically, and the temperatures are very, very low. Oh no. Uh, and you have to do that. You have to get to a population of 50 and keep it at 50 or higher for 20 years. Which, that one was really rough. <laughs> that sounds really uh, rough. Wow. Yeah. And then the last one I'm doing now, which is uh, try and reach a population of 300 without building any schools. <laughs> so no education. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Yeah. Uh, well, good luck. <laughs> yep. Um, and it's... So it's, an, it's a really interesting game as Sim Games go. I feel like it's got... Um, some of the same problems that I have with uh, a lot of sim games, actually, but like uh, City Skylines being the most recent example that comes to mind, where it's a game that's all about growth curves, right? 
-hmm. It's not necessarily about how much you have, it's about how fast you are gaining things. Um, And that's really important very early in the game. So there's there's a lot of, like, you restart the game three or four times until you get a good, like, growth curve right off the bat, and then you're fine. You're fine for the rest of the game. Hmm. And I've I've found that to be true. Like I mean, it's not entirely true because there are still like weird things and disasters and stuff that can happen to throw off your curve if yeah. you're not careful. Um, but like once you, if you don't start with a good curve, you pretty much die within the first couple years. And like all your people either starve to death or freeze to death. <laughs> Yay! Just like real life. Yep. <laughs> I guess. Or if you get to build houses and they all die of old age. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, population withering. Yeah, so I, I, I think... like this much better than other sim games. Yeah. Because of two reasons. Like, many sim games are too complex for me to actually bother learning it. And this game lets you care about the people, sort of. <laughs> it's yeah. true. Everybody like... does have a randomly generated name. Yeah, so you, you can know them as individuals. Yeah, yeah but just, also like, like your people and follow them around. It's great. Not only that, because like it's the teacher. The teacher died, mm-hmm. and you have like, and the school doesn't have a teacher now. <laughs> yep. Yeah, the the individual like, uh, person management is kind of a, it's a big deal. And it's a it's a very interesting use of resources. Ah, see, I just I just fell afoul of that that curve. I've hit the I hit the starvation point, and now like everybody's gone. I'm build gonna more, I'm gonna have to restart. <laughs> just build two more fisheries. It's fine. Nope, just gonna restart. That's what I do. All right. And if I don't if I don't make it past the first like five years with uh, without a starvation event, I just restart. <laughs> That's fair. Oh man, and I always use the auto-generated town names. By the way, this one's going to be called Hickshire. I think I think my favorite too. Um, the I I just like brought it up, and the first name in the thing was Gullet, which is a Pokemon. <laughs> nice. And then um, another time, I I clicked through it a few times, and the name that came up was Kevin's. And that's <laughs> and that's my dad's name, so I went with it. Kevin's Kevin's is a great name for a town. And, that, and it actually ended up being a pretty successful town. Like it didn't get huge, but I I felt like I did a little better on that one than I than I sometimes do. So well, you were invested because it was called Kevin's. <laughs> that's true. That might have been it. So thanks, thanks, Dad. <laughs> my town is called Rayfork. Rayfork. That's not bad. Yeah. I had uh I had one. So the two that I did for the achievements, the one that had to get to 400 population was called Pillsview. Um, and then the one that was in the mountainous uh, region was called Plympia. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Which is kind of great. Yeah, ran- Some of random- the people names end up being really stupid, too. <laughs> kind yeah. of amazing. Random random name generation is, is great, and I love it, and I'm glad that it's in this game. I think I had a, a girl named Matience. <laughs> I had I had a lady like I didn't I didn't often like click through all of my people but sometimes I did and sometimes like saw names like oh god it was like like Lacrieta or something I was like what is <laughs> what is this name 
She's yeah, like, they're... She's, she's like 75 years old and she's a laborer. I'm like, oh, I'm, so, <laughs> I'm so sorry, Lacrieta. <laughs> yep. It's it's important that you care about these people because they are they are what make or break your town. It's true. And I mean that that's you know like that's the whole point is right. They're like this, these banished citizens. The game wants you to care like how well this village like survives and manages. Mm-hmm. And a lot of other sim games don't don't really do that, which is kind of great. Um, yeah. About this. Yeah, I, I think Ridic- it's... Ridiculous, though, some of the random names yeah. may get. It, it seems kind of infrequent that that there's really any value placed on your people at all other than just, this is your population. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, as most of the time, people are like a resource... Like, resource drain slash resource generation, right? Like, they give mm-hmm. you taxes, but they require services or whatever. Yeah. Um, whereas this, it's like, no, you want your village to live and thrive because of poor, you know, Lacrissa or whatever. <laughs> yeah, like, you've got you've got a health stat and a happiness stat. Yep. And, uh, they are, they are hard to keep happy, but it's worth it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I had a hell of a time keeping them happy. I'm like, I built you a church, I built you a brewery, what more do you want? If it was just that you had to keep them happy for the, like, sake of the game, though, that, like, I almost think, like, the narrative justification wouldn't be quite enough. It's, but the fact that they are literally, like, the resource required to do anything yeah, is, I think, by making them so important to the mechanics themselves, like, I think that's actually really where the, um, the strong, uh, attachment to them comes in because mm-hmm. they are necessary for you otherwise you're fucked super duper fucked <laughs> you can there are disasters in this game mm-hmm. um, I usually leave them turned off uh, but they include um, fires breaking out uh, tornadoes um, which I think I've only gotten once or twice in my entire time playing this um, there's what else is there there's, uh, like, pestilence, like your fields and orchards and things uh, and your, your uh, pastures can develop some kind of, you know, like, mad cow or equivalent. And then you're, you, you just lose everything that's in that area for a while. Uh, there's at least one more. What am I forgetting? A giant Bowser attacking the city. Does that happen? <laughs> it's in city for the NES. Oh, <laughs> nice. Let's see. I'm looking it up. Um, starvation. Oh, I guess oh, wait. There's weather, NES, right? Like, humans can get illnesses. Yeah. So, like, you could get an outbreak of, like, smallpox or the mumps or measles or whatever. Yeah, it looks like they are starvation and weather and freezing, which I don't... Which are listed as disasters, but those are... I don't really consider them disasters necessarily. Yeah, no, that's just things that happen if you fail on your resource curve. And then infestations, sickness, tornadoes, and fires. Okay. Yeah. Tornadoes are real bad. That's just like a a thing touches down in your village and just destroys a chunk of your village. Yeah. Like, well... That looks like... That looks like the, the rarest one. Yeah. As it should be, because holy shit. I mean, I guess, I guess, like having grown up in the Midwest, tornadoes aren't that rare. <laughs> um, 
and and depends on where you are. Yeah, I and, guess. and bad ones are also not that rare, but you know. Mm-hmm. Still, I guess yeah, it does depend. And I guess if there are mountains around, you're not you're not necessarily going to have to worry about tornadoes, really, as much. Um, yeah, I don't think that stops the tornadoes in this game, but, uh... <laughs> yeah, that's probably true, you know, still. So, before, like, since I, since I've played a bunch of this and I kind of have, like, a thing that works now, what did you guys do that you felt like was an effective tactic? Or what did you at least try? <laughs> I, I always, I always, um, built, like, food, food gathering things first, so I would always build... Like a fishery and a gatherer and um, a hunting thing, like always the very first thing I did, um, and that especially that you know that helped sort of stave off those first couple you know mm-hmm. years year or few um, from keeping my people from dying, um, and then my next priority was always firewood and tools, and then from there I just sort of kind of play it by ear like what what do i need more of and what what can i do to like Im- increase my growth i guess mm-hmm. so again so i started i was yeah go on. oh i was again like i i play these games in a pretty reactive fashion which i think is maybe not not the best strategy but you know <laughs> i never had any like huge awful disasters like far into a game so that's okay yeah I started like going first thing I like played a lot just build stuff and add stuff and then I died and replayed it and then I started re- going really slow with, like like a gatherer a few houses I didn't worry too much about like stone and iron until I had to build something. I just took it like really, really slow and got the good, good time. Yeah, so a- not, and trying to ex- not trying to expand too quickly, basically. Yeah. I guess that was one mistake that I did make, was uh, in, one, in one game I, I was like, I, I had just realized, you know, maybe I should build houses, maybe that will help my population. Because for a while I didn't realize that. For a while, you know... I, I was hoping that building a tavern would increase my population, which it, which it doesn't. Um, so I was like, oh, shit, I need to build a bunch of houses. So I built a bunch of houses and then I ran out of food. Um, and then I started over. And I tried not to make that mistake again. There's a lot of trial and error. Yeah, building too many houses is like the main source of dying. Yeah. Yeah, because it well, because resources are at a premium early on in the game, and if you if you waste them, like the houses don't take a lot, so it's really easy to think like, oh, I'll just build a bunch of them, and all your guys have that little symbol over their head, like I don't have housing, I'm homeless, oh no, no, and so you feel like, oh god, I got to make sure they all have housing, but you really don't, because they can, as long as there's one house that they can go in to eat and warm themselves, that's all they need. <laughs> mm-hmm. Also, babies take a lot of food. Damn babies. Yeah, I guess I never, I never tried this. But is it like, is it a feasible strategy to build a boarding house right away, and keep all your people in there, and then from there build individual houses? Um, never built a boarding house. 
I built a I build a boarding house a bit early. I usually build a boarding house around the time I build a town hall because boarding houses can be really useful for when nomads come in, so yeah. they don't they're, so they're not just homeless off the bat. Um, but boarding houses are really expensive, okay. so you probably don't want to build them early because it's just a lot of resource. Yeah, because they're I like don't... eighty wood or something like that. Yeah, I don't think I like ever seventy eight stone built one of them, so. I didn't. I'd never really even paid attention to like what, what the uh, resource cost was. Yeah, and they they hold so many people. I've never needed to build more than one of them. Although there is an achievement, I think, for having a city in which you have like three of them. Jeez. Um. So I think I did that just to get that achievement at yeah. one point. Um. But yeah, largely it seems like, meh. Why would I bother? <laughs> like, yeah. as long as I have one, like then my nomads can come in and and have homes. You got to be careful with nomads. Nomads are like such an interesting mechanic to me um, because they come in at the uh, at the town hall if you've built a town hall and it's it's like a random event it just happens periodically um, and it will tell you like there are X number of nomads requesting entry uh, to your village and I think it's a it's a factor of like it's some percentage of your population because I notice like when I have a small population I only get really small nomad requests and when I have a big population I get huge nomad requests Hmm. Um, so I've seen it as small as 2 and as high as like 87 what? Uh, yeah that's so many nomads yeah so when you hit that button you get all that population influx immediately some of whom come in as adults and can start working right off the bat Hmm. Um, but like it's a double edged sword because on the one hand it's great you have like now you have all these laborers to do all this work but you have to be able to like absorb that in your food income Mm -hmm. so it's like all of a sudden this huge bomb on like in terms of like the number of people eating and the the drain on your your food Uh, and also nomads often come with diseases so if you don't have a hospital built your whole population can be wiped out by like smallpox or yellow fever or something like that so most of the time if I get a an illness breakout it's right after I've accepted nomads see that's that's why that's why you build a wall (laughs) <laughs> Make you Kevin's cannot. great again. <laughs> uh, yep. It's not their fault. They're they're you know immune to the yellow fever, but my people are not. That's true. That's true. So. But if you have like one hospital that's centrally located, usually like that's enough. I remember in one game, I, I I built a hospital and it never had any patients, so I just like. I closed it, but I didn't want to tear it down, so I just mm-hmm. kept it closed for the whole game. And I was like, eventually, eventually, people are gonna start getting sick, and I'll need it. <laughs> you know. Yeah, it's it's. I think it's mostly there for nomads. That makes sense. Also, if you get nomads, you might not care about some people dying. Yeah. Yeah. If, if it's that's too true. much of an influx, depending. Yeah. Um, and I have had at least one, uh, like, illness outbreak that ended just, um, like, on its own. Like, the, I, I lost, like, seven people to it, and a, some people got sick and then just got better. Hmm. So, it's, it is possible to survive that kind of outbreak. It's just hard. I guess that's just like real life. But try not oh, no. to get smallpox. Oh, no, what's going on? A builder died of starvation. That's a sign that, like, I'm I've fucked up the curve again. Oh no! <laughs> I'm trying to build another fishery, but <sighs> they gotta harvest these uh, 
these fields faster, you know? Yeah. These people, they're so lazy. It's because they're that's, uneducated. That's um, true. <laughs> because I'm intentionally not educating them. <laughs> I guess I would be interested to see um, what what the actual, like, efficiency percentage increases are of, you know, stone roads versus dirt roads or educated versus uneducated unedu- workers. Yeah, steel tools versus iron tools yeah. versus no tools, yeah. Or, you know... Hide hide clothes versus wool clothes versus hide plus wool clothes. Yeah, the clothes never like seemed to me like they made that much difference. Yeah, I like I don't know about clothes. Maybe they mean they make it so you need like less um, firewood. Firewood. Yeah, maybe? that's that's like the only thing I can think of. But I don't know. I don't know. Or maybe when they're not like they haven't been around firewood recently they like get cold slower or something like that oh yeah like like, like they they keep you from having to go inside uh, as frequently that makes that's hmm. but of course we don't know we, we, we don't know. know this is speculation on yeah. our part there's a lot of stuff like that you can't really find out well, that's which the, is that's sort the of annoying that's the whole point of simulation games though right is like the pleasure of a simulation game is trying to figure out what the underlying simulation is and then maximize your efficiency to that underlying simulation. Yeah, like like I'm on, yeah, I'm on the... There's also like maximizing the simulation versus competing against the game. Yeah. Or like yeah. the game holding stuff back. Yeah, like I'm, like I'm holding on... information from you. Yeah, Are I, you on the wiki? Yeah, I'm on a wiki right now and I went to the clothing page and all it says is clothing is used to keep citizens warm in the winter. It is crafted by a tailor. So Thanks. This might Thanks, not, I wiki. mean, I feel like this this wiki probably isn't extremely complete, but still, that's oh. that's fine. <laughs> yeah, I've found what you need to do is have a very like intensely positive food growth. Like you should always be bumping up against your food limit. Yeah. Um and, and my food limit is like max. Yeah. What I ended up doing was I, I set it to 50,000 max and then left it at that. And then if it ever, like, looked like it started dropping, I upped the food production again. Yeah, that's that's basically how I how I did it as well. Um, and then you want a you want a positive growth curve on population uh, or or about sustain. Like, you don't want it to grow too fast, but you do want it to be increasing because otherwise you'll have a period of time where you're not getting any new labors because your old laborers are dying off. Mm-hmm. And you're like, you don't have any children that were born at the right time to replace them. Yeah. Also, you want the steady rate of children. Yeah. Yeah, because that will, it will, steady rate of children means steady rate of laborers later. That's the important part. Um, but other than that, like, I think it's pretty possible to recover with from almost anything. I have had, like, huge tool detriments that I have recovered from, where I had, like, a population of 50 and, like, 35 of them didn't have tools. Oh. And I'm like, well, including the blacksmith, and that's always the worst, because the blacksmith is then less efficient at making you more tools. Yeah. Well, it's only bad if you have... If you have the resources for making tools, it's not bad <laughs> yeah. being inefficient if you don't have the resources. Yeah, um, which can be very rough. 
if you do, like don't have iron and then you just like have no tools and no tools and no tools. But even that, like that happened to me on the uh, the like harsh mountainous map, and I did make it through. I did manage to recover and keep my fifty population. So, <laughs> wow. So it is possible, at least. Um, another thing that. <sighs> So the the thing with this is that like even though you can get you can up the the timing to like 10 times speed, I feel like there's a lot of downtime in this game. Yes. Yeah. Like there's this is a game that's really great to like listen to a podcast or like watch a stream on the other monitor or something because it's like there's long periods of time where you're like, well, I'll just sit back until I have enough resources to do something, I guess. Mhm. Or now I have to wait like 3 years for kids to grow up. Yep. Yeah. And then become schooled. Yep. If you're, and then if your you're teacher died time. and gets replaced by, like, a 90-year-old new teacher. <laughs> and you're like, well, that's not going to last long. <sighs> so, my biggest problem with this game is I... I like my city. I don't want, want to have to replay the game and make a new city. Every time. <laughs> yeah. That's it's... why you gotta make it the most efficient so that you never have to try anything else. You <laughs> just keep playing that one forever. Just keep playing my city with like five workers. <laughs> um, I think there's there's something to be said for it's it's really easy to get a sim game where you just do exactly the same thing every time. Um but the way that the different terrain is shaped in this game at least let, makes me, like, modify my layout. Yeah. Uh, which is sort of... Which adds some interesting challenge, because you're like, okay, I can only get... Mines have to be placed in mountains. So you're like, okay, if I'm placing my mines here, then that means for most efficiency, I want to place my, you know, whatever, my, my storage facilities here, which means that I need a road over here, and then it all sort of, like spiral fractals out into uh, like a completely unique layout. Which is good because it would get boring otherwise. Yeah. Yeah, the, the map randomization is um, is really great. I don't know. I like, I like starting a new game and just not knowing what I'm going to have when I start. Mm. Yeah. So one thing I didn't do that you can easily do is move your starting position. Because storage barns and stockpiles are really easy to move. Yeah. Well, and... you got to be careful doing that too early. Because um, while your people are in the process of moving goods from one place to another, you don't have access to those goods. And I have had people, like, starve to death because I tried to move the starting cart. <laughs> oh, no. Which is, which is embarrassing, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> that happens. I just I'm picturing these people like holding holding, you know, bushels of corn and, and starving to death with a giant bushel of corn in their arms. Yep. Basically that's what happens. Oh, so be not careful. Lacrometta, you dumb dumb. <laughs> if only, Should have invested more in school. If only you had gone to school, <laughs> you would have known. <laughs> or like freezing to death because of the clothes that they're carrying in their arms. That they're not wearing. <laughs> That's kind of funny. They they they're just so used to the mindset of like they have to leave those for the king, 
that they don't they've forgotten that they're liberated now yeah that's uh, true. in their banishment screw the king those are those are your corns now <laughs> man i also i always had a lot of trouble with the herbalist because like when they get sick, most unless they catch like a terrible disease, they don't go to the hospital. But they do visit the herbalist to stay healthy. Um, but you need both the herbs and the herbalist, which took me a long time to understand. Huh. Um, because if you like, an herbalist will collect herbs, and I just thought like, oh, if there are herbs, then people can go get healthy. Um, and so then I noticed like if you have like 200 herbs or whatever and you don't have an herbalist you just always have 200 herbs nobody uses any of them and I'm like why is that a bug why isn't this number just why aren't they using the herbs why isn't this descending no you need an herbalist to apply the herbs or it doesn't so count that's what happened yeah I didn't realize <laughs> that either uh we're learning okay yep because <laughs> I'm like that's got to be a bug and then I like put an herbalist back in and immediately like the supply of herbs plummeted and I'm like oh yeah that like in in like my most recent town um I, I had the same thing happen like my health was declining a little bit like not a huge amount but it was declining and I was like I should like well, I've got all these herbs why why is this happening so yeah yep. I'll have to load it back up and pop an herbalist in there and just, and watch my people magically become healthier. People just are like, what is all these flowers and things? I don't understand. <laughs> like, do I make a crown out of these flowers and it pulls the illness out of my scalp? Oh. I just traded mine away at the trading post. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, I, I, that, I did usually end up having excess herbs that I could trade away. Herbs and pelts. Yeah. Because I had so many, like, hunting cabins. Clothes and tools. That depends. Clothes and tools are really... You can get a lot of value from them. Yeah, they're very valuable. So, okay, so um, you, you can stack, like, a gatherer, an herbalist, and a hunter on top of each other, and that won't decrease yield of correct. each of those? Okay, see... They don't, they don't, they don't, um, they don't compete with each other, so... Okay, see, I, I never realized that either. Like, I always... I spread out my hunter and my gatherer and my herbalist, and it was a huge pain in the ass. Like... <laughs> You usually to... want to put. You usually want to put a because um, I think they all gather different things. Is the thing. Um, that makes sense. Or I mean, I guess I haven't actually tried like measured it for different efficiency. But if there is an efficiency fall off, I can't tell. Okay. Um. <clears throat> but the you also want a forester there because all yeah. all three of the other ones rely on there being trees there. Mm -hmm. So you want to have like a continuously regrowing supply of trees. Yeah. I I usually um. I usually built my forester elsewhere so that I could just constantly be cutting down and regrowing trees, because I was I was never sure if um, having saplings as opposed to mature trees would like would uh, affect my yield of of my gathered resources. So, so I did notice one time where like um, there was a section in kind of in the middle of my village where like I hadn't built anything yet. And, like, one little sapling had started to regrow. And there was, like, an entire herd of, like, 12 deer gathered around this one little <laughs> sapling. And then I cut it down and they all left immediately. <laughs> that's, that's, that's pretty good. So they seem to be attracted to any kind of tree. Okay. That's good to know. I will, okay, I will remember that next time I start up. As far as I can tell. I'm not sure if... I feel like hunting is very efficient in terms 
of yield. I feel like I get a lot out of hunting, but I'm not sure if that's accurate. It's I, or if it's so just too. like more than fishing, and so anything that's more than fishing feels. Yeah, uh... yeah, I I would agree. I you know there there would be a lot of times where I like I had a ton of food and I needed extra workers for something or other. Um, so I would just I would just take a one or two people off of you know my hunting gathering fishing, um, and it seemed like it, I took the biggest hit to food when I took it off of hunting. Yeah, but you the most important thing is that you have at least enough people to maintain one person at each facility. Yeah. Like I think that's uh, the big drop off point. Yeah, I tried to have like a, at least two at all of them, but sometimes. Yeah, sometimes I would bump it down to one just to... Sometimes you need those people elsewhere. Yep, to reallocate things. Like when I when I built my church and I needed all hands on deck for that. God, that's such a big building. Like I was... I was I remember Huge being... and it requires so much stone. Yeah, I remember being so surprised. Like the first time I was just sort of like clicking through and seeing what the footprint was. And the, the church is just like way bigger than anything. Like, does it even have that much of a footprint? Because I, like, haven't been building them in my last couple games, and it hasn't seemed like it made a huge difference. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I I didn't see a huge, like, happiness bump when I built one. Um, but who knows? It's probably worth it when you've got a bigger population. Yeah, I didn't see a bump, but my population is at five stars. Five star happy? And they're pretty happy. Yeah, maybe you just need church or graveyard, but not both. Maybe. I had a church, graveyard, and tavern. Yeah, I guess taverns are also a thing. I so. I had a tavern, but I kept running out of stuff to make to make beer with. Berries, man. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. You gotta do berries because like you can't like I I almost never because I was also working on hard mode for the most time, except for like a couple of these past achievements. I generally just always go in hard mode, but with yeah. all the other stuff pretty like mild um but the uh in hard mode you don't start with any seeds mm -hmm. so you don't have access to fields or orchards to begin with so the only thing you can make ale out of is berries yeah and i think i didn't realize initially that i could use berries i think i, I think i wised up to that eventually yeah i don't know why berries isn't the default yeah. like there's like a whole list of them and berries is like number seven <laughs> it's yeah. like Berries is what, like, I'm most likely to have access to. Why don't you just put berries as the default? Yeah. Yeah, I just berries until I traded some wheat seeds. Mm hmm To make wheat ale, i.e. beer? Question mark? I guess. I don't know. I don't yeah. know a whole lot about, about brewing and stuff. <laughs> God. Actually, neither do I. I should rewatch Moyashimon. And, you know, I watched a few episodes of Moyashimon. <laughs> it's an anime about brewing for, for those in the audience who have no well, idea what we're talking it's about. It's an anime about brewing, but also about a guy who can like talk to microorganisms. It's yeah, it's weird. It's kind of cute though. Yeah, and they're <laughs> adorable. The microbes are are super cute. They are. Um, <laughs> so you know. So yeah, I'll watch Moyashimon and have the best tavern the land has ever seen. Aww. the The best now, tavern in Kevin's. Now I'll, I've now seen I'll, that. Moyashimon? Okay. Yeah. It's cute. It's It's got an anime and a live-action version, which was not as good. I feel like the live-action versions are never as good. Um, but I now I'm imagining in my little town here that this child, Kanda, 
No, Helm. The child Helm, who was just <laughs> born, is uh, has the power to see microbes, and he will be a great asset to this village. <laughs> Godspeed, little Helm. Oh, Helm. <laughs> little baby. The fate of Kevin's rests in your hands, Helm. <laughs> no, the fate of Hickshire in this Hickshire. case. Or what was it? Plimp- Plimpsburg? Plimpia. Plimpia. <laughs> That's even better. <laughs> it's such a good name. <laughs> it's pretty. It's pretty fantastic. I think. I think I'm gonna name my next settlement uh, after my hometown. We'll see how that <laughs> oh, goes. That's uh, that's dangerous. Everyone dies. That's a, that's a gamble. Yeah. Yeah, uh, especially if you restart as often as I do. Yeah, that's true. Maybe I'll maybe I'll bump it down to easy so there's less risk. Do we have anything else to say? I feel like... I'm feel sure like... I do, if I can <laughs> think about it. Um, but it's 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 so interesting because it's just like... I mean, are all Sim games basically the same game? Because, like, I feel like I get the same pleasure out of them. Yeah. And at the time I'm playing them, I feel like... Oh, yeah, no, like, of course, Banished has this, like, human resource thing. It's nothing like... Um, uh, you know, cities, skylines, or whatever. But, but it is though, isn't it? Isn't it the it is. identical game? <laughs> it kind of is, yeah. I think it's just a question of scale. It's different. A question of scale and uh, like the bells and whistles, pa- <laughs> pacing. Case. Yeah, I think balance is also a huge thing in these games. Like how how easy it is to find the right curve versus to miss it completely and like how quickly disaster befalls you if you uh if you fuck up the curve um, so i have a question actually yeah to kyla you have played this a bit more is there more complexity in the late game no <laughs> there <laughs> okay. is not i kind of like i have a city now where i feel like i have everything and i just need to like up the food up the population yeah, and and, and, and it ends up like like having done. more and more. You end up having more and more downtime, where you just sit and let your city like operate itself. Um, which I feel like is a is sort of a flaw in this game. Like, there's nothing to do past a certain point, which is why I really appreciated um, the 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 thingies, the thingies from Steam, the achievements. Um, I don't know why that word escaped me all of a sudden. You know. Uh, I really appreciated the achievements because it gave me like a goal to strive for and most of the time when I got the achievement I was going for I immediately closed it down and started a new city because like that was like there was no point in running it after I had hit the achievements yeah I can say that I don't really care about the achievements yeah neither do I but then what are you what's your goal what are you trying to achieve Late for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, within an individual iteration of it. Like, well, are you trying to get as high a population as possible? Are you trying to figure out like what the most efficient systems are? Like, what's what what is the underlying pleasure for you in this game? I mean, both of those, and also getting like a stable city. Yeah, that's that's sort of what I feel like. I've I've done a good job. Is like when I build a city, and I feel like. I'm not gonna 
die or I'm not on the brink of death, you know, every winter because I'm managing it poorly. Like, I can get through a winter and it's no problem. Surviving the winter is the, is the pleasure. You know, or like successive winters, you know. But mm-hmm. yeah, just like that sort of stability. That makes sense. I, that's for me is well, like what I like also about seeing numbers go up. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. that's a big one. I think There's it's... something fa- fascinating about just seeing numbers go up. Yeah. Yep. One of these days we're gonna play a clicker game, <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll have all the numbers going yes. up. Oh man, just exponential numerical growth. It's gonna be great. The uh, they start the log limit at 200. It should be 500. Um, yeah. The uh. That's kind of the pleasure I get from tower defense games. Is like this idea of like you start in this precarious position where things could go wrong at any time, and then you gradually build something that's self-sustaining, um, that can sort of take care of itself and and manage it. You know, like a, the simulation ends up running on its own, and you can kind of step back a little bit. There's a certain uh, I think there's a certain pleasure in that. That's the same as like just the pleasure of being organized like seeing everything working neatly and efficiently and it's like yay I did a good job <laughs> I mean it's super interesting because I like tower defense games but the reverse type of tower defense games where like every new round is like more and more challenging and you just start to fall behind a bit and eventually see, you that's crash the, that's the thing is like um Every new round is a new opportunity for that cycle, right? To go from like, oh shit, at the beginning I have nothing, and I'm going to build a defensive system that can take care of itself by the time the level ends. And then there's yeah. something, I don't know, there's something great about that. And I think these games tap into it in the same way, where it's like, Ugh, oh my god, they're barely surviving the winter, nobody can eat, what am I going to do? And then, you know, a few years later, you're like, okay, like, everybody's got food, like, we can work on growing a little bit more, but, like, people are mostly taken care of. Tower tower defense games stress me out, but these are okay. <laughs> I, I just, a little I just, less the direct enemy, the, yeah, the, the elements are your yeah, enemy. I'm not, under, of... I'm not under attack, I'm just surviving. Yeah. It's kind of the same thing, though. I think that's all, like, a that's a mental... Uh, yeah, that's like a fake thing that your brain does, right? Because yep. the pressure is actually the same. I mean, there's I mean, a totally narrative agree. difference. Yeah, yeah, narratively there is for sure. Um, but like mechanically, I'm trying to think like there's still time pressure because you got to get enough resources before the winter comes. Um, and there's, I guess, nothing is actively destroying what you've already built is a big difference, except unless you have an, a disaster like a fire or a tornado, which are mm-hmm. few and far between. So there's a comfort, there's a certain security in the things that I have already built will continue to operate the way that I want them to operate. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of can I build enough new things to to gain um, in time to, you know, to, to feed my population, etc., Whereas in tower, I guess it's not true of all tower defenses. Some tower defenses, you're, you know, the enemies have no way of attacking your towers, so it's kind of the same. But some of them, like, they can just wreck your shit. <laughs> and usually the death 
conditions in tower defenses are just a lot more swift. Like, you have three lives, or you have one life, or whatever. Yeah. Uh, whereas this, you can see the downward trend more clearly before you before everybody yeah. is gone. And you, can and sort you of can't do, do anything something. about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and there's nothing you can do except restart anyway, but it doesn't feel as bad. Or, or you, you can see your food plummet. Fish. Yeah. Yeah, you have maybe more of a chance to recover. But, I mean, I think that's all a balance thing, right? That actually just depends on what tower defense and what sim game. Yeah. Because you, in this in this one, you often don't really have that much ability to recover from certain types of disasters. Like you if have you're, to catch it early. Yeah, you have to catch it pretty early. Because once that slope has, is, a, is steep enough, there's nothing you can do. Yeah. And it is, I mean, I say tower defense stresses me out, but it is extremely stressful when you start a new town and just immediately it's like your food reserves are low your tool reserves are low you're running, <laughs> yeah. you're running out of fire you don't have any firewood it's like well shit let me just <laughs> like, give me a minute give me yeah. a minute here game <laughs> yep exactly um but uh, you know that's I, w- I will play both I don't feel like they occupy the same niche for me like I don't feel like like, oh, I want to go play a tower defense game or a sim game because they're interchangeable. Like, they feel different to me. Mm-hmm. But I don't think they actually are that different. <laughs> that would be, it's that all would be an, it's an, all interesting, an interesting I mean, study. To a diff- going into it with a different mindset will make it different. That's true. Mm. I, wonder, I, I wonder if I should try that, like, go into... Uh, go into like a game of gemcraft or something and just like think about um you know like building a nice a nice looking array rather than necessarily like defending against enemies yeah or just just mentally replace all of your like tower defense resources with people yep <laughs> oh, i'm generating more workers at this spot yeah i need to go harvest more workers from this location <laughs> You just gotta get him from the spawn pit. Yep. Um, have we played a tower defense for this podcast yet? I don't think so. We played space run. That's oh, right. I guess that's, we did that play, is yeah. that is tower defensey. That's true. <clears throat> that's true. Yeah, space run is definitely uh, a tower defense. It's an interesting format for tower defense, yeah. but it's definitely tower defense. Which is why I did not immediately think of it as tower defense. <laughs> I guess. I guess that's the the other big difference between tower defense and sim games is tower defense is usually um, a bunch of small levels and sims are usually one big continuous level. Yeah. Which kind of makes me think like it might be interesting to to you know kind of upend either of those. Like do a sim game which is a series of progressive like levels where like you you know you have your little banished guys but like then a group of them leave as settlers and you have a new area that you have to go to and then a new area and so on. And each I'm one is, sure like, has more predators and is colder than the last. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure there is tower defense that is continuous. Yeah. Do you know I can't name anyone. I would, lo- I would love to try that. I feel like that could be really fascinating to have like a tower defense where instead of like restarting the level you just have to build on top of what you already have and deal with it. Like that could be really interesting. See, I'm 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 sitting over here trying to think of like what narrative justification could you use to justify 
the settlers that break off from your settlement and continue further and further on into like the Siberian tundra. <laughs> They're what just are, more and more banished. What are they? What are <laughs> they, they looking? banished. <laughs> eventually, they, they get banished from the first city. Yeah, eventually, exactly. Eventually, it's just Australia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everything is poisonous. Yep. And all of your, all of your population is like the worst convicts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yep, we should make this game. I like that. I like that idea. <laughs> And every every level, they like your little character sprites look a little bit more, like skeevy, and scary. <laughs> a few more scars on their faces. Yeah, an eye patch, some some <laughs> questionable tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> like big spiky weaponry coming yeah. out of their backs. You gotta you gotta zoom in real far to see it, but it's there. And as you go, you each successive land, you like unlock new systems that are like. You know, like weirder than the last ones, like <laughs> tattoo parlor, like you know, cage fighting ring, prison, <laughs> like... prison wine distillery. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Man, that could be fun. This is a good idea. <laughs> Original game idea. Do not steal. Copyright. <laughs> nah, ideas. <laughs> I want. I want somebody else to make this. Yeah. Because I actually suspect that that would be terrible because it takes away the core. Uh, pleasure that a lot of people get from a sim game, which is seeing a little thing become a big thing. <laughs> yeah, because as soon as you get a big thing, it's someone it's com- over. someone commits crimes and they're out. <laughs> yep, and then they're vanished, and then they're in this village. Hmm. Exactly. And every group of banished people is slightly bigger, <laughs> with <laughs> yeah. slightly more resources. Yeah, because the 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 um. The cities just become more and more puritanical because, no, yeah, that's what it is. The people who leave are the ones who are like, this place is unholy. We need to be more, <laughs> we need to, we need, you know, stronger strictures and religious requirements until eventually you get to like, the last level is the shakers <laughs> where like sex is outlawed and you like <laughs> no population growth through humans like through breeding only through recruitment your your biggest resource is piety <laughs> yeah that's what the churches are for the churches secretly unlock this other mode in banished mm. no you go from one resource and to uh, you start with one resource and the more you it iterates you, you Re- change that resource to piety. Yes. <laughs> yep. Everything everything comes back to whatever god we're praying to here. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Oh man, I've hit my food cap. Ooh. So time to the... bump up your food cap. Yep. And and other caps. All my caps all over the place are all right, Max. I'm gonna bump food all the way up to ten thousand. You can never have too much food. It's true. Um, or at least it's very difficult to. Uh, what was I talking about? <laughs> I got distracted. We were talking about tower defense, and yeah. and then we went off on a wild tangent. I oh, know. I was gonna let you guys know that it's year seven, and I'm at twenty eight population. Nice. That's where I got uh, based on my like several restarts. Oh, I thought of one more thing that I want to talk about that I'm super happy that this game does that definitely more 
um, sim games and more RTS games need to do, which is the ability to place a building and then pause it, which I use all the time. Um, so when you want to build something in this game, you click on the button, you place it where you want it in your village, and then it like drops basically like a blueprint down, and your people have to like go bring the resources to it and then build it. Um, but if you don't want to spend, if you don't have the resources to build something right away, you can still place it and build the blueprint and then pause the blueprint, and then they'll treat it like it's not there. They won't deliver resources to it. They won't build on it. And that, that lets you, like, plan out your your layout and structure without spending the resources that you don't have yet. That's good. And I love that so much. That's such a good innovation. Why don't more games do that? Yep. <laughs> I just noticed that because I have, like, five buildings paused right now. <laughs> like, market's going there. Town hall's going there. As soon as, like, I have time i'm gonna unpause these houses and we're gonna build some houses you know i never i never really considered doing that either that's a good yeah yeah i also always run at 10 times speed because like except for sometimes at the very beginning like there's so much downtime i'm just yeah. like just go just go do your thing yeah, yeah 10 times is not enough yeah they really need like a 20 and a 50 as yeah. well Mm -hmm. I agree. And it does the thing that um, The Sims does too Where like if there's a disaster It like auto slows down to one time speed So you have time to react to it mm -hmm. So like as long as you have that Like why not bump up the default speed To like 20 times Maybe the simulation can't Calculate itself that fast True Hmm I guess we gotta get some modders on this Bump it up. Where I've noticed the the Steam thing like advertises like that's this is as Steam Workshop, and people are like, you can have carrots for crops now, or like, here's a thing where you can have a tunnel that's also a mine, or like here's a thing where you can have like people die less often in mines from getting crushed by falling rocks. <laughs> so there is a there is a community out there making stuff. Yeah, I saw that and then I forgot about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I haven't tried any of it. I don't. I don't actually like know that much about Steam Workshop or like how to go about using it. So, yeah, I, I mean, I've I've done it for some games. Basically, you just you just go and pick what mods you want and like select and them, them. And, and then it they're just in there. There might Is be it, like hmm? easy to like check and uncheck which ones you're using so that you can turn them off if you yeah, don't like them. Yeah, in in most cases, like I I don't know where they go in this, but there's usually like a, a sub menu. Like at the start screen where you pick your stuff. That sounds good. Something really satisfying about placing, because the hunting cabins have such a huge radius. Something really satisfying about like plopping one down in the middle of the woods. I don't know why that is. Yeah. And then just forgetting about them until. Until you get a little thing over it saying that they've hit capacity or whatever. Yeah. Like, nobody's at this place. Why aren't you doing it? You're like, oh, shoot, I was going to build roads out there. What am I doing? I've never, I never bothered building roads out into the, like, into the woods. But I guess, I mean, I should. Yeah, I just makes build a lot of one sense. path. If you, if you cluster everything so that they, like, all share one walkway, 
You can just build one road through the center and then oh. down to back towards wherever your village is. Yeah. That is usually how I how I go about it. Yeah. Also, um, if you're making like pastures and orchards and fields and stuff, try and checkerboard them as much as you can so that you don't have anything that's directly adjacent to something of the same type because um, pestilence can't spread except to adjacent things. That makes sense. So, like, if you, you know, you're like, oh, I can't, you know, I, my fields are sick, but this field won't get the orchard next to it sick because they they don't have the same kind of illnesses. And, like, this cow disease will spread to other cows if I have other cows nearby, but if my cows are in completely different areas, then only the one gets sick. And then once the once they all die out and the disease dies off, I can repopulate from the other one. Hmm. Look at these, these pro, pro strats. <laughs> Yep, pro Some, strats. These advanced that's mechanics. That's why it's also always good if you have animals, if possible, to have two pastures. Yeah. So if one of them dies out, you can repopulate from the other one. Ah, that's a good idea. Hmm. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go start another village. Yeah, Kevin's, do it. Kevin's two. <laughs> Kevin's junior. Kevin's two. Kevin's harder. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Well. I think, I think that's probably I think everything. wrapped it, yeah. Sounds good. So It's a lot of fun. It's a, it's definitely a game that it's like definitely one of those that I can see myself like periodically coming back to. Yeah. Where it's like, "Oh, I haven't played this in a few months. Let me just play this for a little bit." Yeah. I feel it's like... also been one of those games where I'm like, "Eh, I'll just play it for like half an hour." And then I look at the clock two and a half hours later and I'm like, "What am I doing?" <laughs> yeah, it's I have I feel yeah. like I have a lot of games like that in my Steam library and I never really take advantage of it. I've got a lot of little games that are just sort of like pick up and play for a while and then revisit months later. Mm-hmm. Except for I Rust. Don't usually, I don't usually revisit games. I, don't know. I, I revisit Rust every like six months or so just to see how development is going on it. <laughs> yeah, I suppose that makes sense. Yeah. It's... It's... Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think Huck has... um. Starbound for the same reason. Mm, yeah, it's like, hey, how, how did Starbound ever do? Did that thing get released? <laughs> is, you know, is that a game yet? Hmm. Yeah, is it a game yet? I have no idea. I don't know, because the thing I didn't, with... oh, I didn't find it that interesting. I thought it was fundamentally broken in certain ways that yeah. made it like not as interesting to me as something like Terraria. I never, I never yeah. played it. it just... I thought it was like Terraria, but not as fun. It, yeah, it's Terraria, but there's no reason to put down a permanent base because you're constantly moving on. So it's yeah. t- like Terraria, but broken. <laughs> it it just didn't look interesting to me. I never played it, so you know. Not to not to shit all over a game that I haven't spent a lot of time with, but yeah. do it. That's <laughs> the best way to shit on games. <laughs> I'm sure it has its charms, but. I, I mean, I, I'm not even like I tend to not prefer Terraria as much as Minecraft anyway. I, I so agree. I don't agree. But the, but then again, Minecraft is another game that I'll play for like a weekend and not play. Like I I was playing Minecraft recently. The last time I played it was three years ago. So <laughs> you know, yeah. That that makes sense. That's how Minecraft is played. It's a binge game. Yeah. It's like all of a sudden you'll realize that you have a bunch of friends who've been playing and it's like, I should play Minecraft again. 
And then they all stop playing, and so do you. Yep. Yeah, no, Huck started... I lost my... Oh, go on. Um, Huck started a Terraria server the other day, and I finally, like, I think I finally pinpointed why it is that I prefer Minecraft. Um, and it's sort of the same thing I was talking about here with, like, the way that the landscape shapes what you build. Because I feel like in Terraria, I always build exactly the same thing. Because there's no reason not to. Yeah. Because something about, like, the 2D-ness of it, and, like, the terrain's never that different where you spawn. Like, it, it just makes sense to build the same houses, because you need to build it the right way to get, um you know, your 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 people in there anyway, your NPCs. Whereas mm -hmm. with Minecraft, that because the terrain is always so varied and you spawn in weird, different, interesting places, like, I always end up building something inspired by the terrain that's nearby, so it's always different every time. And yeah. that's what I like about it. Except for the... I like, like Terraria because it, it has a world. Is it because like... of the combat? <laughs> the, no. The combat, that... the combat and the growth in Terraria is much better, admittedly. Yeah. It... It has, like, some interesting stuff to it. In Minecraft, it's just everywhere is the same thing. Yeah, I mean, there's, like, Hell and the End World that was added and stuff like that. And occasional yep. villages. Yeah, occasional like, villages. And all the like different Like, the normal world, but not as fun. <laughs> yeah, That's fair. fair enough. Yeah. Each their own. I think it, it, it sort of depends on why you're playing it. I can see for, like, exploration... Um, and combat and certain things like Terraria is probably better, but for me, for uh, for building, for me, Minecraft is just way better. <laughs> yeah, I, I like building and I like seeing how far underground I can go. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I spend so many hours just underground in Minecraft. Yeah, <laughs> I just dig a hole and then like yeah. expand that hole. Yep, I usually I usually find like one really big vast like natural cave system and just spend hours exhausting it of every everything I can possibly exhaust it of. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Well anyway. We're not talking about Banish anymore, so let's talk about oh. the next game we're gonna play. <laughs> yeah. It's not Terraria or Minecraft. Yeah, it nope. Uh, it is in fact a child of light. Um so let me let me quickly open the wiki, which is my, like, cheat sheet here, because I, I actually don't know much about Child of Light, which is kind of why I suggested it. Um, so, let's see. Child of Light. Um, Child of Light is an RPG. I thought it was... It is, it is Ubisoft. Okay, so yeah. it was made by Ubisoft. Um, beautiful, like... Uh, sort of, not watercolor exactly, but like this sort of fairy tale illustration style of art um, that's just like really like really pleasant to look at and like sort of really exciting. Um, and yeah, turn-based RPG combat uh, f like f seems like uh, side-scrolling um, flying-based movement in between combat, possibly some environmental puzzles. Uh, judging by the trailer, I know like very little about it. Um, apparently, uh, the the dialogue is written in absolutely terrible verse, <laughs> according to Carl. Yeah, the writing is horrible, <laughs> and not just the dialogue. Yeah, just the writing generally. Also, I'm I'm looking at screenshots, and I'm going to say, 
Watercolor is my first impression, but looking at it further, I'm going to say it looks like gouache. So gouache. It's a it's it's paint. <laughs> it's a type of yeah. Yeah, I think they developed a like Ubi developed a specific engine for yeah, like it's, it's the uh, the Ubi art engine, I believe, is what it's called. They use it on I think this and um, one of the the Rayman was it Origins? Yeah, but yeah, that's what that is. I'm pretty sure that's what this this game yeah, uses. So so yeah, I think this will be probably a game where we'll end up talking about the art a lot because it looks like that is the main draw of this. The no art and the 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 rhymes, and yeah, it is <laughs> it is in the Ubi art uh, yeah, engine. So, so yeah, Child of Light. It's uh it is an RPG, but how long to beat tells me that it's it's not actually like uh, an insane amount of time. Um, I think it's like 12 hours or something. Yeah, no, I just searched how long to beat on how long to beat. Of light. <laughs> um, <laughs> how long does it take to beat how long to beat? Hmm. Um, Child of Light, they say main story 11 hours, completionist 15. Okay. So, you know, yeah, like 10 to 15 hours seems like a reasonable length for this and podcast. I'm on break for the next week. Yeah. So. It's good. And I have a lot to do. <laughs> but I've already played most of it. That's yeah. good. Yeah. So you you get a pass. Yeah. And I've, I've had this on my Steam for like ages and ages and been like meaning to check it out and just not getting around to it. So I'm excited to try it. Yeah. And I, I this is one of those games that I like. I was aware of it when it came out. I saw the art, thought it looked cool, heard about the rhymes and thought that that was unfortunate. And then I completely forgot about it. <laughs> so that it exists. Yep. That's why it's good to get these games when they come out, even if you know you're not going to play them immediately, because then you just look back through your Steam list and you go like, "Oh yeah, that game. I should actually look at that." I've already got so many games that I. That's like... just excuses for buying games. Yeah, yeah like no, it totally um, is. A, a few days ago, I was looking through my library, like just looking for something different to play. And I was like, oh, I have, like, a couple... Like, I have Dead Island and Dead Island Riptide, and I've never played either of them. I played Dead Island for 30 minutes, and I was like, this is extremely boring. And then I uninstalled it. <laughs> well, there so, you go. sorry if you think Dead Island is great. I got tired of hitting zombies within the first, <laughs> like, 15 minutes. So... Yeah, I, uh... I've been lately, in an effort to not spend as much on games, I've been trying to use my wish list in this manner. Where I just like put stuff in my wish list whenever I th- think like, oh, that looks cool, and then later on I go back and like, oh yeah, I've been meaning to get that. One of these days I'm gonna make us play Elegy for a Dead World, and that'll be like, oh yeah, that's the the, oh, I, I, the writing I, have, I so have that on my list. <laughs> yeah, that's on my wish like, list and has been for a while. I don't know if it's on my on list, but top. I'm I'm aware of it because I know you've mentioned it uh, previously, <laughs> and it seems it seems interesting. So. It's, it seems like the ultimate kind of, like, weird academic experiment game sort of thing. Yeah. It's like, it's a game that's about, like, creative writing as a group and experiencing other people's creative writing. And I'm like, all right, that seems like a thing I'd be very into, but, yeah. like, it's very niche. That, that does, yeah, that does seem really interesting. Like, I, I like writing, I just don't do it very often, especially not anymore. Like, I did a lot when I was younger. Yeah, the question is, how much do you go in and it's just, like, the word dicks over and over? <laughs> and that's something we will find out at a later date, because that yep. is not our next game. <laughs> that's not our next game. Our next game is Child of Light. Yes, so get that get that one and, and play the crap out of it. 
Yeah. And let us know what you think, because we are, we are, as always, excited to hear your opinions. Yes. Did we check, did we check if uh, there were opinions on Banished on the forums? I feel a little bad that, like, we've stopped doing so. But, like, yeah. I know a lot of people in this community have Banished, because they got it when, uh, when Sean Plot played it. Uh, nope, nope, nothing. <laughs> okay, good. Well, I feel less bad then. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> I mean, the last, like, the, uh, yeah, we don't, not a lot of discussion going and on. And folks, if we're playing stuff that you know about and like, and or, you know, have played or would like to play, like, play it with us and guest on our podcast. Come on. Yeah, do it. It's great. We like having guests. It's true. Guests are great. We do, not that we ever tire of hearing ourselves talk, but we also enjoy hearing other people talk. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we, yeah. I think, I think we can, that, that about wraps it up. Mm hmm So, uh, I am, I am once again, I am Kelso. I am still Kelso. That has not changed. That is still the case. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Kelso Time Bomb. On Fridays, I do one of us. Uh, sign up for one of us. There's a there's a pinned tweet on my Twitter that links to the calendar, and just let me know, man, and I will put you in the time. It's a lot of fun. It is. I played one. I enjoyed it immensely. Yeah. And if I can do it, you can do it. It's true. Um, I am at Kyla underscore go on Twitter. Uh, most Sundays I do. Um, I do a stream the Uncaged Fury stream twitch.tv slash cagetiger uh, I've been playing Earthbound recently I'm starting to think that I really need to like after Earthbound just play some shorter games because <laughs> it is a hell of a commitment like months and months of just playing the same game but I am going to finish Earthbound so I don't just give up on stuff like that I gotta keep going um not that I'm not enjoying Earthbound. It's just, it's it's a lot of Earthbound. Sometimes you want to play something else, I feel you. Yep. Which is good that I have this podcast to, to let me do that in between. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise you would just be playing nothing but Earthbound ever. Yep, all uh... the time. Yep. And, uh, and that's a little intense, because Earthbound is, is very strange. Um, yeah, so um, I do that on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. Uh, and if you follow me on Twitter, you will find out when I am not doing that, such as today when I was, uh, A, trying to preserve my voice, and B, my friend Britt was streaming, so I just hosted her. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to watch hers. Uh, but yeah, do those things. Follow me. Cool. Carl? Yeah, I'm at Skug3 on Twitters. And soon he will be posting his erotic fiction 140 yeah. characters at a time. <laughs> I can, I can post it, but it's I had to write in Swedish. No, oh. uh. that's all right. We can run it through Google Translate or, <laughs> or the automatic Bing Translate that comes with Tweet Tweet Deck, and is oh, not very man. good. It's not. Very oh good. man, Google translated erotica. That would be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> oh god. I wonder if it tries to translate like slang words for genitalia or if it always goes with the like proper scientific terms for things i can tell you i wasn't 
graphic. <laughs> no. <laughs> Mine was. <laughs> you gotta step up your, your graphic sex yep. game, Carl. I mean, it's unfair to say that, though, because, like, I, at the time I wrote that, like, I had also been, like, writing erotica and putting it on the internet for a while, so, like, it didn't really phase me much to write something that was explicit. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I didn't want to write it like a dirty scene. <laughs> Just do hey. it. It's fun. It's hard to do it without being cheesy. That's the problem. Yeah. It's like real easy to do that and get like super cheesy and feel odd about it, but now might as well start somewhere. <laughs> oh yes, uh, don't. And that somewhere might as well be for class in front of your classmates. <laughs> for all of all of your friends and your teacher to to read. A child, ooh, a child named Nest was born. Ooh. <laughs> Man, I wonder what ever happened to Helm. I wonder what Helm's doing. Was Helm in your? Was Helm? Did you restart since had since Helm? Existed? No, I think Helm is still in this town. Okay. That's good. That's good. Thank God Helm is safe. Um, I think we're gonna. Oh yeah, yeah. Helm. Helm became, became an adult and was started working as a laborer in uh, spring of year seven, cool. and it's late autumn of year ten. So presumably he's somewhere around here still. All right, that's good. Anyway, I think we are going to say goodbye. Uh, play, play, Child of Light. Sign up for um, if you want to be a guest. Do, do that. Talk about Child of Light. Yeah. yeah, and thanks for thanks for listening to this one. Mm-hmm. And because we, we enjoyed we enjoyed talking at you. Yes, talking about Helms and Kevin's. <laughs> Helm, if you said we have a uh, Helm and Kevin, one of them is a town and one of them is a person. <laughs> <laughs> it's a trick question. Yep. All right. See you guys next time. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.